This is Kari Gale. And this is Tony Critz. Welcome to the Pilgrim Lost Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder. It's marvelous. It's a marvelous morning here in Oregon. Kari Gale, hello. <laughs> Tony well, Critz. <laughs> welcome to Pilgrim Lost Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be on the show today. Yeah, I, I have to confess that starting at like 2 a.m., I started the movie Rent last night, which is, as you know, it's one of my all-time favorites. And yeah. I got so lost in the vortex. I mean, lost in the vortex. Singing aloud in the middle of the night, scaring strangers. I was sitting on my front porch, scaring <laughs> sc- scaring my neighbors. It was, it was bad. I was completely lost. Well, the crazy part is I last weekend did a deep dive in Rent. I love Rent. I love it so much. I didn't we watch didn't we actually the movie come out on like and I saw it in a theater on it for your birthday? Well, yeah, yeah. It was um it was it was like the week my dad died. I don't know if you remember this. No. It's like the no. week my dad died. I was I was down in Eugene staying with my parents, helping my dad process. And it was my birthday and our dear friend um, invited Miss Amber invited or got the Hollywood theater for just us for like you and me and a bunch of our friends. And we watched rent on the big screen in a private showing for my birthday. It was pretty awesome. It was amazing. It was, there was like 20 of us. It was amazing. So I'm assuming you've seen it live, right? How many times have you seen it live? Ooh, boy. Eight, nine? Oh, my gosh. Three times. Three times on Broadway. Once in San Francisco. And the San Francisco show was the best. It was the I best. It was all local actors. And I have never, ever, ever in my life seen actors leave it on the stage the way that that particular troupe left it on the stage i mean wow when um when maureen and joanne were singing take me for what i am what i was meant to be and if you give a damn take me baby or leave or leave me (laughs) when they sang that song i thought these girls were going to hit each other i mean they were their their existential energy was so overwhelming i thought they were going to throw furniture as they wow. were like yelling at one another to just accept me, accept me for who I am. Do not reject me, take me or leave me, but do not force me to be something other than who I am. It was so powerful. So wow. I saw, and then I've seen it a bunch of times on like traveling shows through Oregon. The last time I went, um, the actor, it was a, it was a revival show where the um, original guys who play Mark and Roger Anthony and Adam. Um, Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal. Exactly. Look at me. They they were doing a revival show, a traveling show, and um, and one of the few negatives on that play because it it's been such so seminal for me um, was Adam Pascal. I've never seen a human being mail in a performance the way he. Oh. It was it was so horrible that it literally 
through a bucket of cold water on the entire performance. He would walk to his mark. I mean, he'd literally like walk across stage like a zombie to his mark, sing his line, look totally bored, walk to his mark, sing his line, look totally bored. It was so bad that I, I, I wanted to walk to the front of the stage and go, Adam, we paid to be here. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, I that's mean, awful. It was very frustrating. But, but hmm. I still love it. Well, it was so, so I, I've only ever seen it once. I saw it in, in New York on Broadway. I think it was 2004 is when I saw it, Ooh. 2003 or four. And, um, in the Netter, Netherlander theater and, uh, <laughs> Netherlander. I, Netherlander. I saw it in the Netherlander. Um, <laughs> then, uh, I've really only, honestly, I've, I, when I think of rent, I always think of you, like you're attached to rent in my mind because we saw the movie there at the, you know, for your birthday and your passion for the show. And, um, but what's so interesting is I, I always do this after I see something, I usually do a Google on it and see, I love seeing the behind the scenes and I watched the documentary. Um, oh, wow. Um, is it called not something another day or not? What, what, what's the line from the song? No day, but today, no day, but today. And that's the, the documentary about Jonathan Larson and his life and how rent came to be. And of course his tragic death and, and then all of the things it was, it was, I like watching that almost as much as the movie, because it gives me such a perspective and appreciation and to really just watch the story of this man struggling for years and years and years and years to be this creative that wanted to express himself and was so talented and all of the things that had to happen and sort of serendipitously lead him to the space where he could produce rent right. was so um it was it, there was this juxtaposition of it being incredibly encouraging because you're like rent is amazing and it right. took this man seven eight years to get it produced and then at the same time really discouraging because you're thinking this man was brilliant and it took seven eight years you know you on one hand you're like keep going you can do it look at these people that worked and waited and struggled to get their art out there and at the same time going you know being being um just having that perspective that this man never ever got to see his work produced but it's lived on in this legacy of his life and anyway i so i that was me all last weekend and it was funny. I I was going to tell you about that, and then you, then you, spoke up with your rent. Yeah, I mean the moment. fact. I mean, he was mad. He was mad making making the writing the music and writing the play. Uh, he was sort of obsessed with it and drove his friends a little bit crazy. And um, and then he never saw it come to fruition. I mean, he saw it. He saw it being practiced off the Broadway, rehearsal. but. Yeah. He never, he never actually saw it come to fruition. So it's, it's a wonderful and powerful and tragic story. And, um, I saw it the first time I, when I was living in Eastern Europe, I was living in Eastern Europe and I was in a, you know, in Yugoslavia during the war. And I was far removed from any, you know, any access to entertainment and, I flew home and I had a layover in New York. My parents met me in New York and my dad bought tickets to this little known, at least to me, Broadway play. Um, and my family went together to it. 
when I was probably 26 years old and I knew nothing about it. And I thought they had, you know, I, you know, all the names, you know, Phantom of the Opera or whatever. And I was like, why are we going to this thing I've never heard of? It sounds kind of cheeky, whatever. And I just remember being so captivated by it and it's sort of owned me ever since. Mm. And um, one of my, by the way, one of my Camino practices is uh, when I hit about two hours walking the Camino every morning, when I yeah. hit about the two hours. So I have, I have a liturgy that I do every day. And yeah. about the two hour mark, I put in my headphones, a musical, and I listened for a, to a musical at that point in the walking process. And Rent was regularly my companion on the Camino. Uh -huh. I loved it. I just, it's so life-giving and, uh, I mean, last night I was crying, I mean, I was crying. I was singing and crying just so in love with the music. So I hosted, well hosted. So I'm now working at a different, um, job than I was a few months ago. Yes, you are. And, uh, I'm working as the events manager at the village ballroom. Uh, which is a little a ballroom, a really beautiful kind of historic space that's above uh, a pub called the Oregon Public House, which is really cool. If, you if you're in Portland and you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's a pub that is um, called a philanthropub because in the before times, well, they had to call themselves a philanthropub because they can't actually call themselves a nonprofit anymore because the ballroom actually is a for-profit space, but it feeds the nonprofit space below in the sense that it supports what they're doing. And normally in the before times, uh, they partnered with charities in town. And so you'd come in, you'd buy your burger, you'd buy your beer, and then you got to pick a charity that you're the profits of what you were, what you were buying would go to. It's a really, really cool, um, very unique space in the city. And um, my boyfriend, Scott, has been really connected with them for, well, since they began, he was like, he's one of the founders. And so through our dating life, I've really gotten to know the folks that started it and gotten really, yeah, um, you know, connected. And so this opportunity came up to manage the ballroom. And so I took it. So last Friday, we had our very first wedding in the ballroom since COVID 125 people, everyone was vaccinated. It was the biggest celebration I, I have ever seen. Now combine that with the fact that these were all theater people nice and so every single person in that room from the youngest kid to the grandparents were on the dance floor and not only were they doing dancing they were basically it was all soundtracks for musicals so we had the rocky horror picture show Nominal. we had all that jazz and the one song that just like brought chills to my the back of my neck i was in working the bar uh seasons of love popped on and everyone in that ballroom just stopped and they were singing and it was it was literally like a performance it was oh. stunning it was stunning and there was this strange combination of like euphoria that we were in this room i mean i didn't know any of them this was you know i knew the bride right. because i'd met her but i felt so connected with this sounds so Woo woo, but like connected with humanity. Like I'm in this room, we're all together. We can see each other's faces. I had this permagrant on my face the whole night because it was just this new feeling of being able to be with people again and celebrate. And um, I just, Phenomenal. I, it was amazing. And yeah, and then so Rent played a part in that as well. And uh, it was it was amazing to hear everyone just stop and, and sing the song and have that. Phenomenal. That, 
connection again. So phenomenal. Yeah. One. So I've got a friend named Michael Kimpan who runs a nonprofit in Chicago. And, uh, several years ago, I, I was in Chicago. I had a speaking gig and I'm in Chicago and I stayed with Michael. And I was like, I'm going to hang out with my buddy, Michael Kimpan. And he lives in Boys Town in Chicago. And so he takes me out. I'm there one night. He takes me out in in Boys Town. And we go to the most phenomenal, the most phenomenal. Um, uh, it was um, it was drag queen karaoke night oh, at this wow. one bar. It was, a, it was a fundraiser. And so we sat and we just listened to the most amazing uh, drag queen karaoke you could ever imagine. And then after we sat there for like an hour, he goes, I got one more place I want to take you. And I was tired. I was like, I was like, Mike, I'm pretty tired. I think I'm not sure I can. He goes, he goes, trust me, this next stop is going to change your life. So we walked down the, we walked a couple blocks away. He takes me into this place and it's, it's all like, like, um, like polished steel and neon and video screens. And we walk into this place and it's packed. It's a huge venue. It's huge. There's got to be 300 people in there, 400 people in there. We walk in and there's just TVs everywhere. And at this bar, it's, it's like, it was like Monday night. And on Monday nights, they do, oh, they do nothing but uh, musical sing-along and, <gasps> and the screens will flash every musical you've heard of. And we'll do one, they'll, they'll just show the, the, the footage of the music and everybody in the room, not just sings along, not just sings along. The entire room has uh, choreography, choreography for every song. And I was in heaven. <laughs> I was in heaven. <laughs> I, I sang my butt off all night long and I'm like trying to get the hand motions down and there's times when they throw tissue in the air and they're you know the whole thing it was beautiful it was so beautiful and that, I love I was so I mean I was in my happy place I don't care if it's Rogers and Hammerstein or if it is the Lion King I don't care I want to sing along you and, and I have fun. absolutely have that in common and I did there was choreography at this wedding as well it was amazing I've never seen anything like it I yeah I, I think this whole, the whole, it's funny. Do you feel like there's this division between those who love musicals and those that are sort of impartial about them? Absolutely. And it's completely an arbitrary line based on a false understanding. <laughs> Non-musical people think musicals are for like children and, and theater people, you know, and I just, right. you, they don't understand. They don't understand the joy that they're missing. I, do you wonder if it's because they just weren't exposed as a kid? Because I, I listened to musicals all day long, loved them. My mom loved them. My and I grew them. up. See, I think that that is a factor. I think I if think you so. don't have a parent that loved it, then you're not going to get so. exposed to it. And then you might think, oh, you know, why would I do that? Or why would I sing along? Yeah. Okay. My, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> my mother was a, she loved musicals and she was, um, always wish she'd gotten into theater and never did. Mm. And actually, she really wanted me to get in the theater, to be perfectly honest. But I mean, Oklahoma and the jazz singer and My Fair Lady, these were these were the soundtracks of my childhood. And um, last thought before we move on, because I know mm. that probably our community is totally bored by our by our musical fan fest. But <laughs> I think the ballroom needs to start to sing alongs. I'm just saying I'm just oh saying once a month sing along at the ballroom. I'm just saying 
Oh my gosh. I, I love that idea. Coordinate. I will help advertise once a month, sing yes. along at the ballroom. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. We're totally doing that. I'm village I'm ballroom. And by the way, everybody love the village ballroom, big fan. Ryan Sari is an old friend of mine and uh, one of the best Rubens in the city. So go get a beer and have a Ruben at the village ballroom. Okay. Okay. Um, Next. Thanks for enduring <laughs> all of our love of musicals. Um, I wanted to, I just wanted to share with you a comment that I got after our last podcast, Oh, wow. which um, if you haven't had a check to <laughs> had a chance to check that out, um, take a listen. It's called Everything is Meaningful. And we got this lovely um, comment from one of our listeners. I just listened to an episode of the Pilgrim Lost podcast and was shaken to my core. One of the hosts, Tony Chris, talked about the sacramentalism of the Camino. Every day on the pilgrimage, you wake up in the dark and put on special clothes that you prepared the day before. You drink coffee. You minister to your feet. You walk. You hear certain sounds over and over. Your poles tapping voices of pilgrims, music in your headphones, prayers in churches. Things that start out as totally unknown become routine, and then somehow, without you realizing, become rituals. As you get closer to Santiago, meaning builds up in intense layers. And then, what? You turn around and go home. I didn't realize how much I miss this aspect of the Camino. Wow. Yeah, Christy sent that on Facebook. And, um, I, I really appreciated what you had to say last, last podcast. So, uh, and then you kind of shared even more on your blog. So, um, everyone community, if you haven't had a chance to either hear that or, or read Tony's blog, I highly recommend it. And, um, yeah, it was a good sort of, um, for me, it was a reminder this week as I was doing some rituals, doing some things that I do right. every day, really kind of creating some um, more meaning around those things, taking time nice. to do them. So thank you for that. And who's the name of that right? That listener? Christy. Christy, Christy. Taylor. Yep. Christy Taylor, thank you so much. That's really a blessing that you would write that to us. And we, we love to receive stuff from people. Yes. It really encourages us. And um you know, there's sometimes you wonder um, the just the process of doing a podcast and the work that it takes and uh, keeping content out there and stuff. It really, it's really means a lot when people respond and let us know. So that's really sweet. And that actually kind of leads us into a few things that we wanted to just chat about, which it's very interesting. We're just finishing up season two. Of season two. I know. And it's been, it's been an interesting space to do a podcast. Pretty much, we started in September, so we are only in September of 2019. So we had a few months pre-pandemic, right? And then pretty much we've been doing this podcast in the pandemic. And um, it's interesting because we had a few goals when we started out. Oh Tony, yeah, you remember what the goals are? We had three oh, yeah. goals, and they were sort of markers along the journey. They weren't. They were, they were based on sort of time and go ahead yeah. and explain about those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. So when we first started this thing, again, um, I was out walking in the city and I had this thought about being an everyday pilgrim. Like what, is, what would that look like to bring the community of Santiago home to Portland and, and to try and apply this 
really inexplicable joy transformationalism that one experiences when one goes on a long pilgrimage, is it possible to bring that home? And my assumption was, yes, yes, it's possible to bring it home. It has to be, because if it requires going to the side of the world and putting your life on hold and spending a bunch of money, then it can it cannot be inherently human. And I'm I'm just convinced that 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 pilgriming is inherently human. So anyway, I called you and I said, hey, I've got this idea about bringing the Camino home. And we conspired to, to let's do this. Let's start a prod, podcast. Let's let's explore this idea together. Let's figure out and we'll, we'll we'll invite a bunch of our friends. We've had so many friends this this season. I'm really really thankful, and uh, I might I might just read off the list of the people that we had here at some point. But um, you and I said, okay, let's do it. It's going to take a crap load of work, right? I mean, Car, you built the website, and the website's beautiful. If people haven't been to PilgrimLost.com, it's beautiful, and you, you spent a hundred hours or whatever you spent on building out that website and doing original art for it. And um, all the work that we've done is sort of to do the same, but if we're going to, if we're going to put in all of these hundreds of hours of work on this thing, then we need to have kind of some goals. And I think yeah. I'm trying to remember, there are three goals. I'm, I'm trying to remember what they were like the, the first goal was. It was having fun. First goal was having fun. Like we had like, let's, let's do the work to get it off the ground. And if we get it off the ground and we're just like, this stinks, I hate this. Like we're not, <laughs> then if we get it off the ground and it's not, and we're like, this wasn't fun, then we're not. So number one was having fun. And we, we crossed that goal. We kind of like, had a little meeting. And we're like, we're having fun. We're like, this is, woo. Uh, okay, we're going to do this. Ah! And, uh, and then the second goal was like within six months, or something, or a year, or something. We six said six months. It was six months. We said it needs to. We need to be proud of the content. Yep, that and was. We have it. to go. What we're doing feels professional. It feels good. It feels like what we're providing is not is is something that is really a, a gift to people. And at the end of six months, we felt great about it. We felt like we're we're bringing on incredibly quality people with insane stories and wonderful insights into life and wholeness and um, how to live as a pilgrim. And we felt like we just blew through that one. And then our last goal. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> was, well, let's, we were like, give ourselves two years and let's, let's see if we can make sure that this thing at least pays for itself, that it's not taking a bunch of money out of our pocket, which it has up to this point, it's taken a lot of money out of our pocket and we're about there right now. And, and, and Kari, honestly, what's that's, that's become sort of a, sort of a bellwether a bit for us as to, as we move forward, as we're looking at season three at this point, um, you know, we have a Patreon account and we have a few people that are really sweet to give to us. We're super thankful for them. But the reality is, is that there's just a lot out of our pocket right now going towards this process. And we have not, we have not, the other two goals we cleared, we cleared the hurdle with room to spare. And this goal, we've really, we just haven't been able to solve it. We haven't been able to solve how to monetize this experience. And again, not because we have any delusion delusions that we're going to get rich off it, but just enough to where um, it's at least paying for itself, you know? And um, so on that note, by the way, if any of our brilliant community ca can help us like figure that goal out, it's still, it's still important to us. And um, at some point soon, we need to solve it. We need to really solve the monetary question and we're just not sure how to do it. And Kari, I don't want you 
you know, dishing money out of your pocket for this, which is just, it's not, this isn't your job. It's not my job. This is something we do because we love the topic and we love the people that we're engaging with. And so, yeah, that's the story. And we're still having fun. And I think we're still great creating great content. And so we would love to continue to do it. And um, yeah, I think that's a, I, I, I love the visual of just, I'm sort of standing and, you know, if you think of the, you know, running the hurdles and you like soar over the first one and you soar over the second one and your foot is just caught on that third one and we kind of fall onto the ground. So, yeah. So we'd love for you to support us in the ways that you can. And, uh, and if you have, if you're out there and you have a brilliant idea on other ways to monetize, um, that, you know, seem, uh, in line with what we do and you just happen to be an expert in that area, reach out to us. We'd love to hear some ideas because we are just two creatives. Um, we and I, we laugh. I'm a writer and an illustrator. Tony's a speaker and a videographer, but we are really fly by the seat of our pants for this thing. We had to, Tony does editing, which is, you know, I think it's a little laughable because neither of us are technically minded, but we figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> Sometimes when we're actually like, pulling up zoom we we can't even find our voices we're trying to record so it's it's pretty awesome that we actually get this thing recorded every every month so it's true um, it's true so yeah so we'd love we'd love your support we'd love your help and um it's it's something we'd love to continue to do moving forward so that's why we're yeah. reaching out and just being really honest and authentic with what we need right now from our community so yep and in light of that in light of the um, our intent, our process of, of bringing great content. And, you know, some episodes are just Kari and I talking, and sometimes we bring on guests. I just want to do a shout out to the people that we've, that we've yeah. brought on this season. So here we go. We want to say thank you to, to John Huckins, who came and talked about peacemaking with us. The, the peacemaking is a pilgrimage. Uh, we talked to Joe Riley, your old friend, talking about um, uh, emotional and psychological wholeness. Uh, thank you, Michael Turner, who walked the Camino on the I, I'll Push You, I'll Push You documentary. Um, Lisa Klossner talking about her personal pilgrimage. Umberto Divanosa. Who, I love it. You have to say it that way. I have way. to say it. Alberto Divanosa, uh, who um, he runs the website Follow the Camino, which is a great like Camino travel website and travel. Sam Martin, Grammy Award winning songwriter, the, the pilgrimage of writing a song or the pilgrimage of the creative process. Uh, Jason Atkinson talking about um, political and societal engagement. And then our dear friend, Karen Thurston Gilmore who came on and shared about her creative process as a writer. And, um, and, so. and her pilgrimage as well, kind of through her faith journey of deconstruction. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Oh, speaking of which, right. What, uh, Karen and I are getting ready to release a book in September. So, Ooh, la la sasson. Uh, Ooh, yes. Uh, it's our collaboration. I have, I'm doing the illustration and book layout and Karen did all the gorgeous, gorgeous writing uh, and, um, it is a, it's a book, um, really about loving your body and it's specifically a, a journal geared towards women and, um, shoot. Yeah. You can buy it too. <laughs> I want to love my body. <laughs> um, it is, uh, called, she will be with me, a love letter to my body. And, uh, so everyone look out for that. We're going to be releasing that in September and I'm super excited. I just finished the last painting this week. And so, um, that's been a couple years in the making for me of nice. 
of uh, working on that project. So congratulations. Um, also, speaking of creatives, we have never really addressed, or I guess addressed, we've never really talked about the wonderful, wonderful music behind our podcast and what you hear at the beginning right. of the podcast. You're right. Um, um, go ahead. Oh, it's like, it's Oliver. <laughs> I just, it's like, I know him. He's my buddy. I don't remember Oliver's last name. You have it right there. Don't you? I do. It's um, Oliver Schroer. So tell, tell folks the story. I think we might've mentioned this in one podcast, but let's tell it again. It's such okay. a beautiful story. Okay. So, um, if you, so if you're listening to this, uh, there, I kind of assume that you're sort of a podcast person. Uh, I am, I'm a super, I mean, I listen to two or three podcasts a day. Like I'm a podcast person and inevitably, you know, podcast music that can, I mean, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. I have to, I, you know, these, these sites you go to and you buy this music, you know, and everybody does it. You're so, so when, again, when we were putting this thing together and when our first, our first goal was to have fun, um, I, I showed Kari a bunch of, tracks from you know some of these websites where you can get this you know canned music to do and and kari because she has impeccable taste <laughs> yes. impeccable taste she was like are you kidding me we are not putting our name i'm not putting my name to something that sounds like that and i was like I, and so i was like okay kari i have a crazy idea and i sent you the um oliver schroer music yeah um which uh and you were automatically, you were just like over the moon. You're like, this has to be the soundtrack for our, our podcast. So the story behind it, how I even discovered who Oliver Schroer is, was I was on my way to Spain to walk the Camino. I'm in San Francisco on a layover. I stay the night in San Francisco. I am in the international wing of the San Francisco airport waiting in line to go through security. I've got my backpack on my back. I'm sure I have that wide-eyed, uh, ignorant, naive pilgrim look as I'm like walking through security. <laughs> and there's this woman in line behind me, this lovely uh, European woman who was actually on her way to Australia. I think she was, no, she was Canadian. She was Canadian. And she's in line behind me and we're just walking through, you know, it's a long process. And at one point she just leans forward. And she goes, excuse me, are you on your way to walk the Camino de Santiago? And I look back and I'm like, yes. I'm like, is it that obvious? Apparently so. <laughs> and uh, she said, she said, I mean, literally, no, there was no like uptick to it. She just goes, okay, I need to ask you to do me a favor. And I'm looking at this stranger like, excuse me? And she's like, no, I need you to promise me something. And I was like, okay. And she says, I need you to download Oliver Schroer's album, Camino, and have it on your phone and listen to it while you walk. I need you to promise me that you will do that. Oliver Schroer is a treasure of the Canadian people. He is a treasure. And this album is a treasure. And it's a and it is a dedication to the community of Santiago. Would you would you promise me that you will download it and listen to it while you walk? T 
total stranger. I don't even know her name. Like she didn't even give me her name. She just said, would you, I, I need you to promise me you'll do this. And I felt this real, like, like kind of divine. I need to say yes to this woman. So I said, yes. And I wrote down his name. And the next time I was, I had Wi-Fi, I looked up the album on iTunes and I downloaded it and um, Oliver Schroer's soundtrack, his beautiful, beautiful fiddle music became um, part of the soundtrack of my community, Santiago. And we took two of those tracks and we made it for the bumpers, the opening and closing of the podcast. And the crazy part is, this is the part of the story that we found out, or I found out when Tony sort of started sharing this with me, is he, so he walked the Camino, um, and I actually did a little Wikipedia search on him. He actually walked the Camino in 2004, right. and he to save weight, he actually didn't bring a case for his instrument. He actually wrapped his his instrument, his violin in a sleeping bag so that he could save weight. And he recorded right. all of this live on the Camino. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, um, and so it was, it was this, so some of the sounds, so for example, at the end of our podcast, you hear sounds of people walking into Santiago. That's actually people walking into the plaza. And it just, again, like I'm getting the goosebumps on the back of my neck, but it, it was the music and the sounds are so profound and beautiful. Now add the layer on that, that a few years later in 2007, he was diagnosed with leukemia and, um, and it was, it was untreatable. And so, and then he passed away, um, in 2008, in 2008. And, yeah. um, this, this album, it just is sort of. I know he didn't have cancer when he walked that or he didn't know about it. He might have had, I don't know, but, but it just, it feels so there's this, this capturing of the moment that I'm so, um, ha having the ability to, to, to be in that moment and to write that music and to, I mean, he literally wrote that as he was walking and to me, right. this, this, this just profound expression of, of being present uh, and we get to experience that. And I right. feel like that um, when we started this podcast, it felt like this beautiful gift. And um, we reached out to the to folks that uh, own his music and said, just just to be totally honest. And we said, hey, we'd really like to use this. And and we never really got a response back. So we've been using it. And but we're um, super thankful to them. So thankful for the music. So, so grateful. We feel like I feel like Oliver would have loved that, that he mm. would be a part of this. And right. we're so grateful for the beauty of his music. So we will provide a link in the notes in the podcast and please, please, please go check out his gorgeous music. Yeah. Every, every track was recorded in a church at different stops along the way. So it's, it's all just, it's saturated with the community of Santiago. So if you love the Camino, I, I think this, this album will really bring it home to you. Yeah. Well, Car, what else we got? I think that that, I mean, it's a short one today maybe, but um, we're excited about season three and we have some really great ideas and guests that we're hoping for. Yeah. And um, we will take our, our normal um, break here in August just to kind of reset and revitalize. And then right. we'll be back in September. And um, we'd love for you to, share our episodes with your friends with folks that you think might appreciate our work and um that really is the best way that we can get out there is for for you to recommend it and um 
just be vocal about what you like yep. about it. And please, again, yep. as Tony said, write us, share with us, tell us what you're thinking. Um, maybe even something you'd like to hear us uh, talk about or a guest that maybe you might recommend for us. So we'd love to hear your, your input for sure. I agree. And um, it's this is the end of season two. Uh, season three starts in September. The theme of season three, I can say it, right? I can say the theme. Yeah, no, we said it on the video, remember? All right, I just want to make sure. So season three is going to be um, embarking, embarking on a journey. Um, and so that's the what we want to talk about. We're excited that part of season three, a big part of season three is the Camino will be open is opening up now. And so we can not just talk about things that happened years ago, but we can talk about things that are happening now. Um, and so we're going to be those of you who are, who are interested in going on the Camino or interested about the idea of going on the Camino or interested about hearing about other people who are thinking about going on the Camino or whatever, we're going to be having be able to have those stories because the Camino once again is open. We're we hope it stays open. We're all super thankful that um, that COVID starting to it seems to be drifting away, but at the same time it could it could rush back. And our prayers are definitely with the globe, particularly the, our 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 friends and neighbors in the developing world who are just getting their their butts kicked right now because yeah. the because the developing world took care of themselves first, which inevitably happens. But I'm super sad about that. But um. So uh, that'll be part of it. And um, we hope to bring on just some really, really lovely guests. And, um, and again, we care about all of you very much. And you're, you're very much one of our communities that we want to continue to nurture and know and be in life with. So thank you for sharing this. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And thank you for getting lost with us. Thanks for getting lost with us.